You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Joining me tonight, we have Garrett Price. How you doing, Garrett? Good. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good. Garrett, quick question before we move on. Yeah. I would say that podcasts are generally better with three, not two people, right? I agree. Unfortunately, Chev can't be here tonight. However, we do have the fourth member of the team with us. We have Phil Porkman Simmons. How you doing, Porkman? I'm good, bro. How you doing, man? Pretty good. After some rave reviews on last week's episode, um, let's see, what are we at right now? From last week, we're at 181 total downloads. So for a holiday weekend, um, I think that's pretty good. Porkman, welcome back. Great to talk to you again. Garrett, great to talk to you as well. It's been a while. Yeah, man, it's been it's been too long between holidays and then one week I couldn't do it, and then you were sick, and then I was. We, yeah. You know, we've we've had we've had some crazy crazy schedules right now and uh i know as crazy as ours is it sounds like chev's is even crazier so uh but but it's good it's good to be back good to be able to uh to get on here talk some dynasty uh talk about what's going on in the nfl world i'm i i am surprised how much i like missed it uh it's 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 kind of cool to be back well we missed you garrett so we are glad you're back before we get into the subject for the evening, do you guys want to talk about the Dynasty Rewind Listener League a little bit? Yeah, sure. I mean, the playoffs are starting. I'm sure everyone else's playoffs are starting, so might playoffs. as well talk about Yeah, not yeah, for me. Not my team. <laughs> now, hey, listen, you are you have a buy in the toilet bowl, though, Porkman. I know. I was working for that one. <laughs> so um, here's how it's shaking down. So... Uh, the one seed is Blueberry Worth. He's got a buy. And then uh, the next matchup is JKAJE against Dale87. The Backrow Fantasy Show also has a buy. And then we have, okay, why is this not loading? We got Big Dunn and we got Straight Edge. So um, unfortunately, Porkman did not make it in. Looks like Shaq Nato didn't. Cito didn't. Uh, official fan Tyler did not make it in. Bully and the Dynasty Rewind crew themselves did not make it in to the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to blame Garrett's team management on that one. Wow. <laughs> the guy that can't even do anything. Yeah, which I don't, underst- me. I don't understand. I I thought that once I put you on, you, that you I'd be, be able, able to move it. Yeah, it's, it's really dumb because I have another league where I have a co-owner, and as much as I absolutely love Sleeper, and I do think it is the best platform, that is one thing that I'm like, what? well, then what's the point of having a co-owner on there if they can't actually do anything? What I will say is this. The good thing about Sleeper, if you tweet them and say, hey, you should do this, you'll get a message back. It's either we're working on it for next year or, oh, that's a great idea. We'll be in touch. Yeah. So No, they're really good at getting If you got problems – they're gonna they're gonna take care of it. So hey, what do you think we should do for whoever wins this? Didn't we offer a prize in the beginning? 
Yeah, I don't remember what it was. I have no yeah, I don't clue remember what either. it is. How about a, a, a weekend at Garrett's house? Ooh. Deal. Okay. I mean, Great. I'm not rolling like that. So, you know, <laughs> if, if you want to feel like uh, you're going over to Cousin Eddie's house, you know, that's cool. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how much fun people would have. But, you know, my four-year-old and two-year-old, she'd, uh, they, they'd be more than happy to play with you, I'm sure. But. Well, well, we'll think of something. Maybe um, I think what what I say, it's kind of coming back. Maybe you could talk to one of us about your dynasty team, whatever, whichever one of us or all of us. There you go. Doesn't matter. We'll get or, in touch with someone. Although, if they won the league, they that means they beat us. So I don't know that they would want our advice. They beat us in redraft. That's true. That's, That's a good dynasty. <laughs> we can give See? them a t-shirt. And this is, you know, we had to pay for the t-shirts. Garrett. but yes we can if somebody did not <laughs> does not have a t-shirt that would be fine uh yeah i don't i can't remember who all ordered them so but hey uh good luck in the playoffs to all the teams out there not just the dynasty rewind listener league you guys in the playoffs in other leagues uh yeah i got a. Uh, i'm in eight leagues and i made it in six obviously okay. i didn't make that's it a good in percentage dynasty. That was a great percentage. I, I yeah. got two uh, first-round buys. So. Nice. <clears throat> Other than that, I'm good. Garrett, what about you? I am in 15 leagues. Uh, I made it in 11 of them. Okay. Uh, well, actually, technically I'm in 17, but two of them were orphans that I took over that I just traded away everything as soon as I got them. So leagues that I'm actually actively trying in. 15, uh, made playoffs in 11, have the buy in four of them. Uh, and one of those is a Scott Fishbowl. So nice. that worked out pretty cool. Hey, That's good cool. luck in the Scott Fishbowl. Um, for me personally, I'm in 14 leagues, and I only made it five. <laughs> so, it's a rough year. Uh, it happens, though. You know, there, there was a, a time, oddly enough, the team that I thought was my best team this year was my, my home league in the Dynasty League that I'm in. And that ended up being my worst team. Really? Yeah. I had a, a time where... My running back situation where if somebody wasn't injured, they were on a bye. So I went, I think at one point, six weeks where I didn't have my three starting running backs. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so that that really hurts. And, and hey, you know what? Then there are some times where you make a bad call. Or like I was uh, talking to you on Twitter, one Yahoo League I'm in, I'm in the playoffs. Allen Robinson's on my bench. Who'd you start over him? Darius Slayton is currently in there. Well, oh, here, here's Did you the forget? Thing. I forgot. Oh, okay. Uh, that makes more because, sense because I was going to say Because this is I was be... getting ready for the podcast, so I'm caring more about everybody else than my own team. <laughs> I was going to say, this is a tough uh, – originally it was going to be a great week for Slayton because, unfortunately, you know, you guys know the Eagle secondary isn't great. Um, but yeah, – Don't remind me. But but honestly, it's he's not a good play this week. I actually even talked about it on Twitter a little bit. Not a good play this week. I'm actually not playing him in any leagues that I have him. Uh, because I don't think I am anyway. Uh, because Ingram's coming back, uh, Tate's coming back, and on top of that, uh, he spent the whole offseason working with Daniel Jones and Eli Manning's playing this week. So who knows what kind of rhythm they will or will not be in. So I would – I think he's a very – I mean, the upside's still there, but I think he's a very, very risky play this week. I mean, yeah, I personally had him in my flex in my home league, and I had to take him out because uh, I don't like Eli. Eli is a dink and dunker. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't see him going going deep like uh, Daniel Jones was. Exactly. I mean, I, I could substitute just on my bench right now is Darren Waller or Kenyon Drake because I have him in my flex. So. I will go yeah, Waller. I think both those would be better. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, there's the waiver wire is a little sparse. It, there's not really anything here that I could pick up Patrick Laird. Nah, or Bo you'll want to you'll want to play Drake or or Waller. I'd probably yeah. go Waller, but um, you could play either one of them easy. Yeah. So, well, hopefully it works out for me. But um, one guy it did not work out for Nick Foles. Oh, I'm sorry. Another amazing segue by the host. He was benched for Gardner Minshew in last week's game. Minshew's going to start week 14. So I just kind of looked at some stats, and this is a little fascinating. Foles in four games this year was 0-4, 77 out of 117 for 65.8% completion percentage, 736 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Minshew played 10 games, started eight, he was 4-4. Four and four. 204 out of 330-something, I can't read that, 61.1%, 2,432 yards, 14 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. However, 12 fumbles, and he lost 7 of them. But I don't know what to say about uh, about the Jaguars' quarterback situation. They, they paid Foles a ton of money, and now yeah, they're going to a rookie. Yeah, they paid him a ton. But when you see Minshew was in the game – when he dropped back the pass, he was always just fumbling, not fumbling, but, you know, moving around the pocket to a point where you can tell something's wrong with the offensive line. Nick Foles is back there like a giraffe <laughs> running around. Can't, he has no mobility. So I can't put the fault on Foles 100%, but it is partially his fault because you got to get the ball out a little bit quicker. Well, here you go. Here's our first one. What, what kind of dynasty outlook would you guys have on Gardner Minshew? He's now starting quarterback. You know, personally, I think uh, – who's the coach down there? Doug Marone, right? Marone, yeah. Yep. I think this could be his last year. It it could be. It's a lot of um, – there's like a lot of turmoil in the front office as well too because they're right. talking about they want to keep Nick Foles there and possibly get rid of Coughlin or Marone. So, right now, his dynasty outlook is kind of up in the air because you don't know which way they're going to go. Yeah. Garrett, what do you think about that? Yeah, the whole situation is really, really tough to decipher because uh, at the end of the day, for most teams, money talks. And so you pay a guy, you want to see him play. Now, there are exceptions to that rule. The Seahawks are probably the best example when they signed Matt Flynn in the offseason and he mm-hmm. looked really good by all accounts until they saw Russell Wilson. And they were like, oh, wait, Matt Flynn's not very good. Russell Wilson's really good. Uh <laughs> And then, you know, Russell Wilson obviously took that job and and ran away with it, and Matt Flynn has not been heard of since. Um, So that's the best example, I think, to this current situation we have here. Uh, I do think, though, Foles has proved enough in the NFL. Granted, it's been in small sample sizes, but I do think he's proven enough to be a quarterback somewhere. Uh, So I wouldn't be too surprised if they could work out some sort of deal and negotiate some of the contract to be able to ship him to another team. If that's the case, obviously Minshew's value uh, skyrockets specifically in super flex leagues. Uh, But right now I I think he has done enough to prove that he is a competent starter in the NFL. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously, we want to see how the front office shakes down, like Porkman said. So, um, who knows? Somebody could retire, for all we know, too. And uh, maybe Foles gets traded there. So, uh, moving on. Lions tight end Thomas James Hawkinson plays on IR with an ankle injury. On the season, 32 catches, 367 yards, and two touchdowns. Hasn't really done much as of late, though. It's kind of... Start off hot. I mean, now obviously he's been playing with Jeff Driscoll and uh, what's the other dude's name? David Blau. David Blau. Yeah. Blau. Yeah. Blau. yeah. Who who didn't look too bad um, in his start against the Bears? Honestly, I mean, no, it was a good Thanksgiving Day start. He uh, he played real well. Uh, I don't think there's much of a future for him, but uh, I think it was enough to show that he needs to remain in the league and he'll be a backup somewhere. But that's that's probably about it. That's that's got to be a sweet gig though. You think about it, like you're a backup quarterback. You quarter, you carry a clipboard around. You don't get hit a whole lot, and you're still a millionaire. Absolutely. And your career could be longer than that of a starting quarterback. Yeah, most of them are. Yeah. Well, look at uh, Matt Schaub or Josh Mc. Yeah, (laughs) Schaub. I didn't even know he was still in the league until uh, Matt Ryan (laughs) got hurt. Exactly. Because Matt Ryan doesn't really get hurt very often, too. So. Yeah, Matt Moore's still backing up uh, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and Chad McCown. Henney's their third string. <laughs> Chad Henney. Oh, my God, he's still there. Um, hey, here's another great one. We had a Darwin Thompson sighting this week. Finally. It only took about 90 people getting injured. So uh, Daryl Williams was out. Damian Williams got hurt. Um, didn't they put Daryl Williams on IR? On IR, yep. Okay. Yeah, he came yeah. a really bad limp on that hamstring. Okay. It looked really bad. So uh, Darwin rushed 11 times for 44 yards. He did have a touchdown on the season. 16 carries, 52 yards, one touchdown, three grabs for 10 yards. Um, out of high school, he had no Division One offers. So he played two years at Northeastern Oklahoma A&M. Um, did they ever play Malone? <laughs> uh, not to my knowledge. Was Malone a D2 school? Uh, so yes, Malone was a D2 school. They actually okay. transitioned while I was there. They were, uh, originally an NAIA school, which is kind of a separate conference from the NCAA, um, or a separate league entirely. Uh, and then they became NCAA division two while I was there. Okay. Um, so 2015 was a red shirt year. 2016, he had 150 carries for 1,029 yards, nine touchdowns, nine grabs for 119 yards. So these stats are kind of really hard to find. I did a lot of digging. All I could find for 2017 was he had 1,391 yards and eight touchdowns. Did not give me any receiving stats at all. Did transfer to Utah State in 2018, 153 carries, 1,044 yards, 14 touchdowns, 23 receptions, 351 yards, two touchdowns. He was drafted in the six rounds, and they signed Spencer Ware. Porkman, what do you think of Darwin Thompson? I like he, he he's surprisingly strong for his high weight and his height that he has. Um, when I look at some tape on Utah State. I couldn't really find too much uh, of his um, his pass protection too much because okay. they ran him out in a lot of routes. But the thing I did like is his uh, goal line ability. He, for a small guy, he, he knows how to uh, go in the hole and get in the end zone. 
kind of like uh, Maurice Jones Drew, a little kinda, smaller guy, but yeah, he's smaller, but he 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 has that strength to get in. So I looked at some pictures of him, and when he was a redshirt freshman in 2015, the dude looked real thin. I'm just like, this dude's playing running back in college. Like, you know, I mean, I, I think he's bulked up a little bit. I don't have his uh, his measurables in front of me, but uh, so we don't know about the pass, bro. Didn't do it a lot. Porkman said there's not a lot of film on him. Um, Garrett, what kind of outlook are we going to have for a guy like Darwin Thompson? I drafted him in the second round of my home league, but I'm not really sure what to do. That being said, my thought is this. Wouldn't you want the backup on a great team? It wouldn't make sense to sell him. I Coming out, uh, I did get to watch uh, some of, of Thompson, did a, did a thread on him uh, back in June – I don't know. Some now it probably would have even been. It's beside the point. Regardless, um, I, I did get to watch him. I was very impressed by a lot of the things I saw. Obviously, it was a weaker running back class, but he was in the top ten uh, for me in that class. I think he came in at, at nine or ten, uh, right behind guys like Damian Harris and some of those guys. Um, he is definitely bursty. Um, he was able to do some things that only a fantastic athlete would be able to do um there is an issue with his size uh he is undersized for the position uh, but he is a stronger player uh he was able to um he, he actually I'm trying to remember what the exact number was but he actually squatted quite a bit and you could tell that explosiveness from his his vertical jump as well there was some film of him literally you know jumping over players that were much larger players than he was. So um, there was uh, a lot to like there as a raw athlete. Uh, there was just, you know, he, he just didn't have the tape, the time uh, that you would have seen from uh, some of these guys that, you know, spent their entire career at a power five school. Uh, there just wasn't as much notoriety. So I think that was part of the reason he fell and, and his size. All of that to say, I do think that if he does enough, that he could earn himself a role in this offense. I still think unless he lights the world on fire and shows things that nobody's ever seen before, they're still absolutely drafting a running back in Kansas City. So the long-term outlook, regardless, is not super favorable. However, if he does enough, he could still carve himself out a role, especially as a third-down type back. So if he spends his career as a James White, where you're talking a mid mid RB two at the highest to a high RB three flex week fill in. I mean, we can't really comp- you need those guys on your roster sometimes. For sure, right? I think that's probably best case scenario. Okay, and that that's still I'm gonna take that. Yeah, you know I'm, fi- I'm fine with that because with what you're going to get if you try to trade him away, you're gonna lose your shirt. For sure. So. Okay, so we're we're gonna hold now, on. No question, Garrett. I got for you. Do you yeah. play him this week against uh, the Patriots? Uh, probably Damian, not. Yeah, because yeah. Damian is out, and obviously um, Daryl is out as well. Yeah, until I mean, it depends how risk adverse you are. If with with playoff games, I tend to take a lot less risks. Um, mm-hmm. So the ceiling is there. I mean, any running back on a Chiefs offense. 
there's an absolute ceiling. Uh, one, the Patriots defense obviously is a very, very good defense. Um, but it could end up being somewhat of a shootout if the, the Patriots offense can can look like they did the last six minutes of the game last week as opposed to the, the rest of the game. Uh, yeah. But uh, it could end up being more of a shootout. Uh, but I still think the Patriots defense is going to keep them in check better than most teams would. But the other thing is it, it's hard to know, especially now that they brought in Spencer Ware, uh, Shady is still there. It's hard to know how much he's actually going to be on the field. And so it's more of a wait and see, cross your fingers and hope he gets a lot. And if he gets, you know, 18 points on your bench, then you're thrilled. Uh, but you're going to be devastated if he gets one and a half points and you put him in your lineup. That's true. Yeah. I'm thinking this will probably be a lot of shady McCoy. I'm guessing so as well. And maybe some Spencer where, you know, it's definitely possible. I, I I still think he's more of a depth signing more than anything else. Like, uh, it's a guy that right. knows our offense. We don't have to do much. Um, yeah, just in case Shady gets hurt, they're not exactly. going to give that whole workload to Thompson. Exactly. But if Shady, if Shady keeps fumbling the way he has been, you know, next week it could be seriously all Darwin. So it really could. Eye- That's. That's why you want them. You definitely want them on your roster. Pick them up. I just I'm too risk adverse in the playoffs to start him. You know what? That that's a really good question. I want to ask both of you guys. I'm in a situation right now where I'm in the playoffs with one league that I'm in, and um, it is a redraft league. My stud this whole season has been Dalvin Cook. Now I picked up Alexander Madison off waivers. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm almost leaning towards starting. Madison over Dalvin Cook this week. And the reason why is I know Cook isn't 100% healthy. Pretty sure they don't want to have the guy get beat up. I could see either he plays sparingly or plays a half, and Madison really carries the game. But, I, again, you're talking about you want to minimize risk in the playoffs. Yeah, that would be a huge risk to take because you would be kicking yourself in the butt if Dalvin snaps in the first half. Yeah, I mean, right now, I have Kamara, Cook, Gallup, Curtis Samuel, Ertz, Mike Williams. I did actually play Allen Robinson in this league. Um, <laughs> oh, did you? I, I did, yeah. Um, there's not really much on the waiver wire, so I think I think I'm just going to monitor the Dalvin Cook situation till Sunday. Yeah, I think I think that's what you have to do. I think you're you're just gonna have to really watch closely. Um, it, it's it's a tough situation. Chances are you don't have anything better uh, on your team to be able to start. And so, as as lame and as boring as this sounds, I'm just gonna go with my with my gut and what I'm hearing from all the reports. But if it sounds like they're gonna fire him up, I, I'm probably starting Cook. Uh, if it sounds they're like, well, we'll see, uh, you know, we want to see how this game goes. We want to make sure that we don't cause any further injury. If they're kind of him hawing a lot, then I'm probably playing Madison. So, yeah. uh, you're, you're just gonna have to go with it with your gut and the information you have on, on the situation. You know, if not, I'll move some things around. I, I moved him down to my flex. Yeah. I so did the same thing. I'll, I'll see maybe. You never know who could make some moves between now and then, who drops somebody or what have you. For sure. So we'll see what happens. But um, I really wish Alexander Madison was a starter somewhere. I love the way that guy runs. Um, hey, speaking of people that Garrett has a crush on, 
Austin Hooper returned <laughs> to practice this week. Hoop. He did um, credit Garrett for his speedy recovery, and he sent the emoji with the hard eyes. It so, was all those well. deep tissue massages. <laughs> that's what it was. I think, I think that's what it was. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, Garrett, what are we going to do with you? Um, so moving – oh, why am I all messed up? Hey, Drew Locke won his first career start, so good for him. 18 of 28, 64% completion percentage, only 134 yards. Um, two really nice touchdowns to uh, Cortland Sutton. I almost called him Curtis Samuel. Did have a pick. Three carries, 15 yards. Um, Sutton was four catches on five targets for 74 yards and two touchdowns. So I don't think the Broncos are going to draft anybody here. At the quarterback position? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't Obviously, so they're going to draft somebody next year. Just not. <laughs> I was going to say that's a sorry. that's a bold take. I mean, you know, <laughs> we're not going to draft anyone. See how that plays out. I mean, it could be better than what they've done. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think they will either. I think they're going to give him a legitimate shot too to be the guy. They still have Joe Flacco under contract, so things go haywire. Uh, you know, they still have him to fall back on. Yeah, I, I don't see them taking a quarterback above the, you know, the flyer range of, you know, fourth, fifth round. Porkman, do you see any of the any of the film or highlights from uh, the Drew Locke experience, which is what we're calling it now? Uh, Drew, he, he throws the ball downfield a ton, which is a good thing, too. But he needs some help with his uh, intermediate routes. All right, so... I mean, I think that that still bodes well for Sutton. Yeah, it does. Yeah, oh, it yeah, really he, bodes well for Sutton. Yeah, he needs a guy with a big arm that's that's willing to take chances downfield. Um, that's that's where he's going to get a bulk of his production. So I think him and him and Locke are a good fit together if Locke can can continue to play like he did this past week. Yeah, I mean, a guy that could be helping on uh, the intermediate routes. I think a guy like Noah Fant. Definitely. Yeah, big bodied. Tight end could definitely mix it up a little bit. Yeah, he um, can actually go deep too with his uh his speed. Hey, so while we're talking Broncos, let's do a couple dynasty outlooks here real quick. Let's talk some Broncos running back. Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. What are you guys' thoughts? I have their stats here, but I want to hear what your thoughts are before we get into that. Uh, Porkman, let's start with you. If you had to pick one long term, who do you think you're going with here? Um, I'm 100% going with Philip Lindsay. Okay. I am not a big fan of Royce Freeman at all, in my opinion. Uh, every time you see Philip Lindsay on the field, he just looks like he's going to break one every carry. Royce Freeman, just took, he kind of looks like he's a good running back, but to me, he's not really a starter in the league. You can probably put him in in the goal line, but um, Philip Lindsay, he can, he can catch the ball. He runs it between the tackles for his size. Everybody thought he was undersized. He saw what he did last year. He had the yeah, most rushing it. yards as an undrafted running back. So he, he definitely he, can do it. Wasn't he like the first undrafted rookie to go to the Pro Bowl too? In his first year, yep. In his first okay. year, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's pretty crazy. Sorry, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant, first year. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Garrett, your thoughts on these two? Uh, do I have to pick one? <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, no. I, I don't really like either guy. Uh, okay. It, it's it's not because I don't think either one has talent. 
Uh, it's just I don't think that there's – I don't think they are an incredible rushing team. They're fine, but I don't think they're incre- an incredible rushing team. And the workload is always – split so much or at least this season it has been and I would assume that they would continue that uh trend with this being their first year head coach that it makes both of them really really difficult to play and neither one is an elite talent enough to say like okay on only you know 10 carries and two catches you know I can still make you know a 15 point a 20 point game out of that on a semi-regular basis so honestly, if I could get, uh, uh, I think Lindsey's worth probably a little bit more. If I could get a low end, uh, a late first, if I could get a late first, maybe even early second, I'd consider it uh, for him. And then I'd take a mid second uh, all day for Royce Freeman. All right. Then I'm going to tie this right into the next guy I want to talk about. Uh, a couple weeks back, I made a move. I traded and I got Royce Freeman and a third, or maybe it was a second. I can't remember. I'd have to look. And I gave up Marlon Mack. To me, Marlon Mack feels really, really replaceable. Yeah. So what long term, what are we thinking about Marlon Mack? I think Garrett, I think I might have heard you say in the nerds once that you could see Melvin Gordon possibly being a cult. Yeah, we we talked about that. Uh, I think two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Uh, yeah. That would be that would be a great landing spot for Melvin Gordon, and I could I could see I could see that happening. And I think the best reasoning and and granted, you can't always be this general with your reasoning. Uh, but when you watch Jonathan Williams, who has been absolutely nothing in the NFL up to this point, busting off hundred yard games, it kind of shows you that. Hey, basically anybody could be successful in this offense. So, right. um, you know, in that sense, maybe they'll just say, ah, they'll still be successful no matter what. We'll, we'll put our chip somewhere else. But I would assume they would say, man, imagine if we actually got a real talented running back in the backfield back here. What kind of damage could we do in this offense? And, and their, their offensive line is very good. Uh, their tight end situation – We'll have to see. There's a the, all their guys are kind of up for free agency right now, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But it's it, assuming they sign one or two of those guys, they're in decent shape. Um, well, Jack Jack Doyle, not to cut you off, Jack Doyle signed a three year deal today. Oh, did he really? I didn't even see that. Oh, one. Okay, yeah. all right, well, perfect. There, there you go. I missed that one too. No, that's that's awesome. Um, you know, Ty Hilton is trending in the wrong direction, but they did just. Uh, add Paris Campbell in the offseason. I could see them adding a wide receiver, but really the, all that offense needs is they need a dynamic running back that can both run between the tackles well and catch the ball. I think that would be the biggest thing they could do to improve that offense. So I would not be surprised if somewhere in the first three rounds they take a running back. Okay. Um, Porkman, what do you think long-term here about Marlon Mack? You, you think – I mean, I think he's going to finish out his contract. He has one more year possibly maybe even get traded if they draft somebody yeah um and that that offensive line really helps him out a lot it kind of makes him look maybe a little bit better than he is um i don't see him getting traded i think he'll just finish out his uh his contract next year and then probably walk and try to get some another contract somewhere else because hmm. i think the the coast are going to 
move on from another person that can catch the ball and run. Because, I mean, they do have Naeem Hines. He gets a lot of uh, those pass those pass uh, catching downs a lot. I'm a fan of his. You know, you like like I said before, you always need that that uh, PPR running back. You know what I mean? You, you got to have them on your roster. Yeah, but if you get if you get all that in one, especially if Melvin Gordon goes there, that's a that would that would that's a automatic first round first rounder, maybe top five, especially with the offensive line because Quentin Nelson just be running people over. That'd be pretty impressive if he did go there, though. Um, so moving on from. Some running backs here. The Bengals won a game, twenty-two to six over the Jets. Hey, yeah, hey. I thought uh, Sam Darnold would do a little better. Yeah, then, oh yeah, he put up a stinker. He, yeah, the ghost came back. He really <laughs> screwed me over. Um, so there's kind of an elite club that uh, two wide receivers are in. They're in the zero touchdown club. Do you guys know who it is? Uh, I do actually. Porkman, you know. No, I do not. So Robert Mike Woods Williams. and Mike Williams, right? There you go. And, uh, yeah, Mike Williams, Robert Woods. They That's both have great. played 11 games. Mike Williams, 38 catches, 778 yards, 20 and a half yards per reception. That's um, outrageous. That is crazy. And Robert Woods, 64 catches, 835 yards, so 13 yards per reception. I don't need to say how many touchdowns they have because they don't. So, um I personally think long-term things are going to get better for Mike Williams. I do think somebody else is going to be a quarterback in Los Angeles next year. Um, Here's a question I have. Robert Woods, I don't know what to think about the Rams right now. They're not the Rams we saw last year and the year before. Yeah, what do you think, Borkman? Not even close. Their offensive line, they got to revamp their whole offensive line because of injuries. And Jared Goff just looks like a, a duck out of water back there. Every time he drops back to pass, it's just <laughs> he gets confused. Like he really looks confused out there now. And I, I just think with them not throwing uh, screen passes to Gurley like they were last year, that kind of messed up the whole uh, dynamic of the offense. Yeah, Goff, Goff has to be better uh, than he's been this season. Uh, but, but in his defense uh, – Part of what made him so good was being in rhythm and being efficient. Uh, when he's able to do those things, and honestly, that's like a lot of quarterbacks. Unless you are special, most of the quarterbacks are only successful when they have time. They're in rhythm, good play calling. When when all the ducks are in a row, they can they can pick apart teams. But when when one thing goes off and then another thing goes off, and and that's really what's happened for them this year. Um, you know, Todd Gurley has not quite been Todd Gurley from before uh the offensive line has been in shambles they've had some injuries in their wide receiver core and in their tight end core uh and and all of these things together really has made Goff uh second guess some of his reads uh get over anxious he's overthrowing he's he he just has not looked like the same player that when he was in rhythm was just absolutely smoking teams. And part of that is is all of the injuries and all of the unfortunate fortunate things that have happened. Uh, but at some point, Sean McVay's got to uh, make some sort of an adjustment to put his guys on the right page. Now, they looked much better against the Cardinals last week, but that's the Cardinals. So I would like to see them 
go up against a, a legitimate top 15, top 10 defense and be able to put up 24, 28, 30 points. Uh, and, and, and I'd like to see them do that soon. Well, hey, Goff did get that big contract. So um, the Rams are stuck with them and you might be too. Might not be a ton of people you know, knocking down your door. Yeah, I have, um, I have a few a few too many shares of uh, of Jared Goff, so that that's but, hurt a little but bit. But rightfully so, because going into the season, you think, look, they did it two years in a row. There's no reason to think they can't and shouldn't do it for a third. We also didn't think that the rest of the NFC West would be as good as it is. Yeah, that's absolutely so, true. Um, I have some really really great news for Pork Band. The Eagles have waived wide receiver. Well, wide receiver <laughs> is a loose term. You have to catch the ball to be a wide receiver in the NFL. Exactly. Uh, Mac Hollins has been let go by uh, on the season. Ten catches for 125 yards. He's also in the zero touchdown club. Um, but we don't care because we hate him. His last catch was September 26th against the Packers. And he is now a uh, Dolphin. So, Yeah, congratulations. Have fun with him. But this is good for Garrett. There's more playing time for J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. As it should be. Yeah. So um, J.J.'s kind of starting to get into a little bit of a rhythm here. So no, He's looked he's looked much better. Uh, he, you could tell he's still not a focal point in any way, shape, or form in this offense. He's, you know, on most of the plays, it looks like he's the second, third, fourth read. Um, and, and I get it. There are other talented pass catchers on the team. Uh, but at some point, you know, you use the second round pick on this guy. You do want to see what he can do. But I, my guess is we're really not going to see a full complement of what he can do until 2020, which was kind of always the plan. We just as fantasy football players get anxious and we're like, oh, no, should I should I panic? Should I sell it? No, he's he's right. a good player. He's a good route runner. He from from what I've been hearing uh, that they have taught him all three wide receiver positions. So the X, the Z and the slot position. Um, so he's learning all of these different route combinations. And as a rookie, you tend to overthink and, and, and it, it's not as natural as it is after you have a few years in a system. So I fully expect him to be a very capable wide receiver next season. He owes me a game. He dropped the pass that was right in his hand against the Lions. So he owes me one. I don't forget things like that. So, Keep that in mind, JJ, or Sega Whiteside. So the <laughs> Dolphins plays Kalen Balage. It looks like he has an Achilles injury. Do you guys know the extent of the injury? I, for whatever reason, I can't find really good information on this. I saw he was hurt, but I, I don't remember what the injury was. I just saw they put him on IR. I thought well, he just sucked so bad, they just put him on IR. <laughs> the injury was to his pride, uh, but <laughs> they, they put him on IR. They claimed Zach Zenner off waivers. 2019 season for Caleb Balazs, 74 carries, 135 yards, with three touchdowns, 14 receptions, 63 yards, and a goose egg. I think this would be a pretty quick dynasty outlook for Caleb Balazs. None. Yeah, no. <laughs> Garrett? Nope. Okay, moving on. John Ross is going to be active this week, and I'm not playing him because I want to see what he does first. I would still play Tyler Boyd or even Auden Tate over him. Agree. Yep. Um, Mike Tomlin does not expect James Conner or Juju Smith-Schuster to be available for his, versus Arizona. Um, I like Benny Snell in this game, to be honest with you. He 
played pretty well last week. 16 carries for 63 yards and a touchdown. Only one catch for four yards. But he was not the biggest receiver coming out of college anyway. So, you know, we don't think he's going to be that guy. But Porkman, James Conner, what kind of outlook do you think he has? He's always hurt. And even when he's not hurt this year, he has not been as productive as last season. Yeah, not even close. And he was—he's a huge bust for a lot of fantasy players, especially in redraft. He was going, I think, at the end of the first, probably the beginning of the second. Um, he—I he, can't trust him. He might come back and have a resurgent year next year, but I see them probably drafting another running back too. Because, uh, and even though Benny Snell might be, he could be that guy. Because he's showing that he can he can play now, but he doesn't have that pass catching ability. So I see them maybe drafting a running back in the draft this year, and um, maybe giving James Conner one more shot next year. I mean, they don't have a first round pick. Yeah, I'm but the sure. running backs usually go in like maybe third or fourth round anyway. I'm just trying to think like, do they draft a quarterback this yeah. year maybe, and then you know run the season out with. Connor, Snell, Samuel. They kind of need a quarterback. I mean, <laughs> bad. They, I, I don't mean, think it's... Duck, you can't trust Duck, and you definitely can't trust Mason. Well, but Ben Roethlisberger will be back next season. So, yeah, I mean, I know I eventually know. You, you need a He's going to retire. Right. Yeah, you got to groom somebody. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm amazed at how bad Mason Rudolph has looked. Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought he was going to look a whole ton, ton of a lot better than that, especially they, they gave him his receiver, and he still sucked. Yeah, Devlin Hodges hasn't looked bad. I mean, I think he's really more of a game manager than a game winner. But sometimes that's all you need. But, Garrett, before we move on, your thoughts on James Conner long-term? Yeah, I've never been the biggest James Conner fan. Uh, I, I do think there are things he does well. He runs with good power. Uh, he's always falling forward. He's got adequate hands. Like he He's, a, he's not a bad player. But once again, it's a very good system to be in. Uh, most of the time, the running backs in that system with any ounce of talent succeed. It's a pretty good offensive line for the most part with the Castro and Pouncey in there. Um, so I, he's been fine. I don't. I would not invest anything in him in the offseason. Uh, if you if you do believe, I you can hold. Uh, but I'm not looking to buy anywhere because chances are you're going to have to pay a lot more uh, just off of the name recognition and the season he had last year than he's actually worth between the injuries and all that. And, and once again, I, I know I say this a lot, but this running back class is that good. Uh, I mean, it, of the top three guys I had last year, which were the, you know, the big three everybody had, Jacobs, uh, Montgomery, and Sanders, of those big three, uh, I would have easily eight to twelve running backs that would be in a similar range as the third best running back in the class last year. So I, I mean, th- this class is very, very deep, very, very talented, and I think there's going to be a lot of those Marlon Max, James Connors, those types of guys that are fine that are going to end up losing their job this season. Yeah, it's. That's what guys like that I feel are replaceable. I'm getting rid of them. Even yeah. if you have to take a small hit and not get full value, less than full value is better than no value. There's probably only 
eight or nine running backs in the offseason that I would not be actively looking to trade. Um, not saying that, you know, there's going to be 20 backs in this class that take over, but I think everyone else is very uh, very susceptible to losing their job. So, uh, you know, the top eight or nine guys I feel pretty good about, maybe, you know, depending on if there's a couple guys you like, 10 or 11, whatever. But after that mark, anybody else is up for grabs because I, I, I don't feel like I can trust it. All right, that's enough Steelers talk. Um, we got some more Colts talk. Chester Rogers has a fractured knee. That sounds terrible. Uh, he's on IR. Looks like Frank Reich hopes T.Y. Hilton will come back. T.Y. Hilton doesn't think so. Marlon Mack is trending to play. He's being monitored. Um, really liking Zach Pascal this week. He had seven catches last week for on 10 targets, 109 yards. No touchdowns, but... Still, I'll take a game like that for a guy that you could possibly still scoop up off the waiver wire. Yeah, I was able to pick him up in a couple leagues of mine, and I might have to play him. It might work out well for you, though. Yeah, I think it will, because when, when T.Y. is out and Ebron is out, there's got to be targets going somewhere. Um, the last time Paris Campbell played, he had uh, eight touches. So he might take some of those. But um, I think in the passing game, Zach Pascal, he's the number one. He's going to get at least maybe eight to ten targets. Yeah. Especially so, against that bad uh, defense. Yeah. We'll see how that one pans out. Um, okay, here, here's a big one for this week. The Panthers have fired head coach Ron Rivera. For some reason, his nickname was Riverboat Ron. I don't know why. Um, he'd like to gamble. Well, all right. Take chances. Except not really. When he first became the Panthers head coach, he was super conservative. So, I don't know. That's what I heard. I don't know. It could <laughs> be true. Like, I, I didn't know why he was called that either, so I could very well be wrong. But um, he was canned. He was also a second-round draft pick by the Bears in 1984. He was a linebacker. Played for them from 84 to 92. Then from 97 to 98, he was Chicago's defensive quality control coach. From 1999 to 2003, he was the Eagles linebacker coach. He was the one that was credited with um, making Jeremiah Trotter the linebacker that he was. Then he became defensive coordinator for the Bears from 04 to 06. Linebackers coach for San Diego, where they belong, uh, in 2007. Then he was their defensive coordinator from 8 to 10. And the head coach in Carolina from 11 to 19. Feels like forever he's been there. The regular season, he's 76, 63, and 1. Postseason, he's 3 and 4. Perry Fellwell, I don't know if I said that right, is the interim head coach. And I would love if he was the Eagles' next defensive coordinator. Garrett, how do you feel about Ron Rivera getting fired? You know, it, it was probably it, it was probably time. I'm surprised that he was the first one to go this offseason. I thought there were a couple other guys uh, well more deserving. Uh, than Riverboat Ron, but uh, they went about it in a pretty classy way. He really received it uh, very well, uh, shows the, the type of quality human being that he is. He's going to land on his feet. I actually expect him to be head coaching as early as next season uh, again. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, but I do think he's going to be on a sideline somewhere. Who, who would you think would, get, would have gotten fired first? Dan Quinn. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Dan Quinn, similar. although he's he's rectified that a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, 
early in the season when they were one and eight, one and nine, whatever it was. I thought that uh, I thought Jason Garrett should have been fired, uh, but yep. I've been saying that for a couple of years. Um, so I'm surprised. Sure. What's that? Yeah, Shermer could easily be on the hot seat. Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland. I mean, it's it's a definite possibility. I don't think he gets fired, but it's it's definitely on the table. Um, there's there's quite a few teams. I I wonder if uh, Anthony Lynn will end up getting fired out there uh, with the Chargers. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how some of these pieces uh, end up moving and shaking. We should do a head coach show. Yeah, we can. That'd be okay. that'd be interesting. Let us know what you guys think on 96 of our subscribers. Um, hit us up, and uh, I was just – sorry, I was looking at the analytics before. Um, let us know if you think a head coaching show would be something you'd be interested in because, um, you know, I know it's not 100% fantasy related, but um, continuity has a lot to do with how players perform. So changing schemes and systems is not always a good thing. Yep, head coaching, coordinator, stuff like that. That would right. that, that that kind of coincides with fantasy, though. Yeah. Um, hey, so here, I'm going to make just a big jumble of a dynasty outlook here. The 49ers running backs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got Tevin Coleman. We got Matt Breda. We have Dominique Raheem Mostert. Yeah, we, we always go proper names here on the right. Dynasty Rewind. Then we got Jeff Wilson Jr. I don't. I don't know who to start on a week-in, week-out basis. I mean, Tevin Coleman was supposed to be the guy. Matt Breda's really good. Always hurt. Mostert kind of came out of nowhere. And Jeff Wilson Jr. is just bouncing on and off the practice squad. Porkman, do you want any of these guys, or do you just want to stay away? And don't forget, they still have McKinnon under contract as well. I can't take either of them. Yeah, you know, I mean the the running. I wish it would just pick one guy because the running game for uh, Shanahan is perfect. But if you can just pick one person, it would be great. But seeing that you got uh, a flurry of different running backs, you you don't know who to start each week. It can lose you a week because people started Tevin Coleman last week, right. and he got barely any carries. He hasn't. He had the one good game against Carolina, week eight. Eleven carries, 105 yards, three touchdowns, two catches, 13 yards, and a touchdown. So he has 454 yards on the season. That was basically a quarter of his yards, almost half of his touchdowns on the ground, and all of his receiving touchdowns were in week eight. So. The rest of his season has just been a mirage. Yeah, and I thought with him going back with, with Shanahan, I thought he was going to be one of those backs that can be a three-down back and take over that whole backfield, especially when McKinnon got hurt because McKinnon was supposed to be that guy. I mean, I thought it would be the Coleman show too. I also thought TJ Yeldon would be something in Buffalo. I mean, anything. He has just done nothing. Garrett, do you want any of these 49ers running backs? Uh, from a talent perspective, I do really like Brita. The problem is he's always nicked up. Uh, there's always right. something. And a lot of always times he something. ends up playing through it, but he's yeah, he's always on the injury report. Um, until that gets cleaned up, 
it's hard to it's hard to really invest. I didn't really have a lot of shares of any of the the running backs, but in one league I did have both Breida and Coleman, and it's been you know especially once Coleman came off the IR, uh, or not off the IR but off the injury list, uh, it, it was really really tough to figure out. And then you know Mostert's been been playing really well lately and had his monster game this week. So that's another sneaky spot for uh, for a 2020 running back, and so all of these guys could end up being irrelevant next year. Right. I think, hey, maybe Melvin Gordon goes there. It's possible. I know. Yeah, but they paid Coleman. McKinnon still owed money. I was going to say, I don't think they're going to want to pay a running back a lot. Yeah. I mean, Matt Brady's probably – he's only has 39 games on his career, so he's probably still under his rookie deal. Most are He's young. a restricted free agent. Okay. See, so, yeah, they're. I mean, they're going to have to do – I don't know. They're probably going to draft somebody, and I want whoever goes there. If I know that someone's going there and he's their guy, I want him on my fantasy team. I'll move up to get him too. Um, hey, one last dynasty I look before we finish uh, the news here. This is the guy that really hurt me this off season. I, you know, we are practically holding hands at Canal Street Park and walking around and looking at the river. Dante Pettis has broken my heart. In 11 games this year, 109 yards and two touchdowns. Ew. That's, that's pretty gross. That's not even 10 yards a game. Yeah. Debo, uh, Debo really stole his job like on Friday. He gave, right. took his chain and kept it. And I think they're going to draft a wideout, second or third round. I just got rid of Pettis for a fourth-round pick. Because I thought he could end up being nothing, and I needed to get something for him. Yeah, he wound up being nothing. Yeah. So what do we, you guys, Garrett? Do you, I, I mean, I was next a year could guy. be the third year breakout. It it could. Uh, in the off season, I was a Debo guy. Uh, I remember you and I having some talks on on the podcast. Um, but even for that. I still thought it was going to be more of a 1A, 1B. Um, you know, Debo ended up being, you know, the main guy. But Pettis still had, you know, a productive wide receiver, too, for that team, which would have made him like a 3 or 4 for your fantasy team. I didn't expect him to be completely phased out. And really, once Sanders became part of the equation, he really has just been phased out. And that's even with Jalen Hurd on the IR. Once that dude comes back, it, I mean, I, I honestly am not sure he's even a 49er next season. It's yeah, I don't see it at all. Especially and Boring's taking getting targets too. Yep. Yeah. Him. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's interesting, but the outlook right now is not good for him. Um, so wrapping up the news, Terrell Pryor was stabbed by his girlfriend um, over the weekend in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Do you think she's a Michigan fan? <laughs> I mean, she was she was quoted as saying, they, "Go big they blue." Did, they did pretty know. kill him. They they killed him, so I guess she tried to kill him too. Um, so uh, you know, hopefully he gets better. I think um, they had to do surgery and everything went okay. So um, Terrell Pryor should be good. Um, probably most noted for his time with the Browns, right? Didn't really do much. With the Jets. Yeah. yeah, and he was with the Redskins. The Raiders? Yeah, he was the 
Yeah, he was a quarterback for the Raiders. And they kind of took a year to develop in their wide receiver. And he actually had a really good receiving at over 1,000 yards as a receiver for the Browns. Uh, and then ended up going Went to the Redskins. Was it the Redskins? I think you're right. It is the Redskins. I think, I was thinking that. I think yeah. it was Redskins, then Jets. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of all kind of all fizzled out. Well, hey, hopefully he uh, recovers quickly. Um, last piece of news here. Eli Manning is going to start Monday night against the Eagles. Uh, Daniel Jones has a high ankle sprain. What I was told, it's similar to what Saquon had uh, previously. So, uh, you know. Danny Dimes, still not on board with that nickname, but um, I don't know. was kind of hoping to actually get to watch him play. I haven't really seen much Daniel Jones yet, so it would have been nice to watch a whole game uh, where he played. The only action I really saw was when he played the Patriots. Did pretty decent against the Patriots defense. But um, that's all I got for news. We do have a rewind fact of the week. That is going to be brought to us by our good friend Porkman. Porkman, what do you got for us this week for the rewind? All right, so just pretty much going off of what you just said about Eli in 30 career starts versus Philadelphia, Eli Manning is 10 and 20. He has 52 touchdowns, 34 interceptions, and has been sacked 60 times. 60 times, so it's twice a game. Yeah. But I know that there's times where they were really after him. I remember his, um, I think it was his first career start was against the Eagles. Jerome McDougal hit him so hard. (laughs) Yeah, you got to look that up, Pork Man. As an Eagles fan, I'll know you appreciate it. That might have been the beginning of the Eli face, too. Yeah, probably. He probably turned that into the Eli face. (laughs) I mean, I I, I actually felt bad for Eli with how hard he got hit. I I don't know if you guys remember, um, when he was a rookie, I believe it was in – 2004, which was the year the Eagles went to the Super Bowl and the Patriots cheated and won. Um, I believe Kurt Warner started the season at quarterback for the Giants. Yeah. And everybody thought he was washed up, and then he went to the Cardinals and got to play in a Super Bowl again. So, wait, no, did he? Yeah, Yeah. that was against um, the Steelers. Steelers. Yeah. He threw that interception to James Harrison. That's right. Yeah, I think James Harrison's still running that ball around, too. He is. I'm not going to try to tackle him. Nope. Yeah, me neither. No. So, uh, Garrett, do you have a verse for us this week by chance? I do. I do. Uh, I'm in first, or sorry, I'm in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, and this is verse 29. And it says this Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So this is an interesting passage here um, because a lot of times people use this to come at profanity. Uh, and I think it's so much bigger, so much deeper uh, than just that. I mean, we can have we can have conversations about profanity and uh, there, there's actually some, some interesting biblical perspective that I think people miss out on a lot. But much more significant than than anything that has to do with profanity. It's the unwholesome. So really it's what is the benefit of what you're saying? Is it helpful in building up other people? Is it encouraging? Is it uh, something, a fact that we need to know? Is it information that we need to know? Or are you just talking and it actually has no benefit to the listener? And that's really what this comes down to is the, the words that come out, out of our mouth, the things that we say, 
the the things that we choose uh, to impart upon other people, what what's the quality of it? Is it just I want to hear myself talk? Is it just uh, I want to tell people how it is just because I feel like it? Or is it something that people can actually be encouraged by, uplifted by, things they need to know, etc.? So uh, it's not always the easiest thing because a lot of times we we want to uh, tell people what we think about them, uh, and often that's not the uh, <laughs> the nicest thing. Um, but rather, what we can do uh, to help uplift and uh, help benefit those around us. So, Amen, bro. Garrett, I think you should read that verse to um, Rich before the next Nerd Herd podcast. <laughs> Possibly. I'm sure that'll go over very well. Because he just lets it rip, dude. <laughs> he does. He does. But, he, uh, he does not have a filter. But, um, hey, you know, that's that's what he does. Um, Garrett, before we head out, could you tell everyone else uh, out there, in case they're not familiar with what you're doing on Twitter, I think you're doing it every – is it Monday night? Yeah, I've been trying to do it once a week. Um, it's, it's tended to happen on Monday night. Uh, but basically what I've done is uh, if, you, if you've if you been listening to the show a while, you you know that we do a verse every week. And uh, I've really enjoyed doing that or, you know, at times Shevin will do it as well. Um, and that's been great. But I've kind of wanted to take that to a whole nother level. So basically what I've done is I do a Twitter live once a week. Uh, and I call it faith and fantasy football. It's nothing, nothing elaborate. Uh, but basically it's, um, I take a couple things that we know about fantasy football, uh, talk, um, talk about them, but then I talk about, you know, some real life application to these things that happen in the fantasy football world. And, um, you know, what, what the Bible has to say about it and, you know, what that means, uh, for our lives. And so, uh, I, I don't, I don't go too long. It's usually right around 10 minutes or so. Uh, so it's nothing too deep, too heavy, um, but it's it's been cool to hear some of the feedback that some people have had about it, some of their thoughts, their feelings. Uh, uh, some people have said like it's you know I feel like this is the the closest I've I've been to going to church in years, or you know this is it's it's been refreshing to hear uh, a Christian speak and me not feel like I'm getting beat over the head, and uh, so I I try to keep it light, I try to keep it fun. Uh, so if, if you don't have anything going on, uh, feel free to hit up my Twitter, at uh, Dynasty Price. All three of those are archived uh, on my Twitter thread. All right, and um, that's the great thing about Garrett, everybody. He has his beliefs. If you'd like to hear about him, he's going to tell you, but he's not going to beat you um, over the head with him. Me, on the other hand, I will gladly beat you over the head with anything I can get my hands on. Um, I guess <laughs> Especially I'm that Especially your Tyreek you know what? Screw that guy. All right. <laughs> I'm going to need some faith in fantasy football when I get done with him. <laughs> All right. Good show, everybody. So um, <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. And, you know, we always want to hear from you. Any feedback is appreciated except for negative feedback. You can take that crap elsewhere. Um, no, I'm kidding. All feedback is appreciated. If there's any topics you ever want to hear us talk about, you know, we're going to be getting into the quote-unquote slower part of the season where – Football is going to be over soon. Real football will still be going on. Fantasy football season is coming to an end. Um, do you want to hear us talk about DFS? Do you want us to just get right into rookies? Let us know. Reach out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Embower85. You can follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. Porkman, where can we find you? Stats and Facts FF. I think you should just change it to Porkman. 
would be awesome. I, th- I thought about it. as I, I put a poll up uh, a few months ago, and I think Porkman won. I just never changed it. All right, we're going to have to get you on that. So Do you it. can find him at Stats, at Stats and Facts FF for right now, possibly at Porkman soon. And Garrett, like you said a minute ago, we can find you where? Uh, at Dynasty Price. And Chev, who is off this week, you could find him at Chev Boy RD. That's Boy with an I. Until next week, everybody, take it easy.